more than a feeling. Oh, yeah. How are you guys doing today? All right, well, I'm so glad to see you guys today. My name is Matt Wolf. I'm the lead pastor here at Arise Church Denver. And today we're kicking off our new series with a message on dating. So I thought I'd bring up the girl that I've been dating for 16 years now this month. Yeah. Well, hi, everybody. I'm so glad to be up here. It's a little bit different than sitting in the balcony, but I'm so glad to be up here with you guys. Uh, do you remember our first date? Yeah, I do, of course. Would you say that it was good or? Well, we're still together, so it must have been all right, <laughs> right? So our first date, Matt took me to a play that was the topic of homosexuality and the Holocaust. <clears throat> to be fair, a friend of mine, it was like his first starring role. We wanted to support him. Yeah, and it was like this teeny tiny little theater where if you blinked, people could see you. So yeah, there was no the chance actors. of leaving. And we wanted to at intermission, but <laughs> we, we toughed it out. Yeah, and then after that, you confessed to me that you had a criminal record. I did. <laughs> Um, once again, to be fair, we went on a double date, and my friend thought it would be funny to let Melissa know that I had a criminal record, like, before the date, like, started. So I was like, I got to come clean. Like, I got to tell her the truth about who I am. And then finally, at the end of the night, you said, I just want you to know, this was just one date. There's, we have no commitment at all. Just, this was just a date. <laughs> once again, I wanted to be clear where we were in the relationship. <sighs> I guess she's getting payback for all the times I talk about her up here, right? <laughs> Yeah, so um, basically, we are not going to be teaching you about dating from our personal experience. In other words, we're going to be looking to God's word. Okay, and I would love to say, open up your Bible to Second Dating, chapter 3, verse 2. Um, but we all know there's no book of dating in the Bible. However, there's our... There are some incredible principles about making wise decisions and about finding the person that you want to spend your life with, and that's what we're going to look at today in this message. So we are kicking off a series today called More Than a Feeling, and it's going to be a four-week series on dating today, marriage next week, parenting the week after that, and finally a message on gender to close out this series at the end of October. So what I'm saying is commit to this series whether you're a regular here or this is your very first time and you're joining online even, commit to this series. Subscribe on YouTube, subscribe on your podcast app. You're gonna wanna get all of this series. And if you're new, just church shopping or whatever, okay, give us at least four weeks, you know, to see if this is the church you wanna be a part of and then you can tune us off, okay? Yeah, so we're just gonna start today with a quick little poll. So if you're in either a dating relationship or you're married, raise your hand. Okay, yeah, that's, yeah. that's most everybody Okay, here. now keep your hand up only if you met in person. Okay, oh, I saw oh. a few yeah. hands go down. Okay, now raise your hand if you met online. Okay, yeah, there we go. Good. Nice. So recent data says that 39% of people now meet online. Um, so I think I just, like a bug flew in my room. Uh, there's, no, I think you're okay. There's no bug in there. Something just hit me in the head, so, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so things have changed quite a bit with, like, technology, dating apps, and there's a lot of communication that happens online now, and a lot of relationships kind of begin with talking online, or I think it's, like, a big deal to friend request someone or, like, follow someone on Instagram for the first time. Um, so that's a little bit different than when we were starting out. But we did have Facebook, though. We, did we you, did. did. We you dated Facebook, in the Stone Age. Did you Facebook stalk me? Of course. 
Like, isn't that the thing? Like back then it was only social media. It was like brand new Facebook, but still like, then you have to like pretend like you haven't looked through every single photo and know what they did last week on that camping trip and all our mutual friends. You have to pretend like you don't know anything. At least that's how it was when we started. But yes, I had Facebook stalked you. Yeah, so a lot of things have changed. So we're just gonna kind of do a little refresher here on what the Bible says about relationships and dating. Yeah, that's right. Um, and, and the series that we're starting today really has one central idea and it's in the title of the series, More Than a Feeling. Because feelings are good. Like they're not a bad thing. They're a good thing. We all love to have the feels, don't we? Especially with dating. But in every single message in this series, what we're going to learn is that it's got to be more than a feeling. Like feelings aren't enough if you want to have the better life that God has for you. And we want to help you follow Jesus. That's our mission here. And following Jesus is the path to the fullest life. So if you want the fullest, best life, best relationships, it's got to be more than a feeling. So that's what we're doing. And I think it especially applies today as we're going to learn how to date through a better way. Yeah, and a lot of the advice out there now is pretty bad. Like what you see in like TV shows and every movie, it seems like. It's just like such a focus on the superficial things. Like follow the butterflies. You know, if you're not attracted to him on the very first glance, move on, things like that. And that's why shows like The Bachelor, The Bachelorette. Now there's a golden bachelor. You guys, I have to confess I've watched it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a sucker. But yeah, that's like the kind of stuff that we're seeing everywhere. It's just like, that's the main focus, but you can't build a healthy relationship on that as your focus. It has to be deeper and more meaningful than that. Yeah, so that's why um, we're gonna challenge you today. Our big idea for today's message is to find a better match. There's a better way of doing it. God has a better way for you, and it's to find a better match, okay? We're talking about dating here. That's what we're hoping to do is find a better match, and of course, match is an acrostic. We're gonna learn five points today, M-A-T-C-H, how to find a better match from God's word, five different points. So if you have your um, Bible or your smartphone, we're, we're gonna be, our first passage in 2 Corinthians chapter six, but if you have your smartphone, in the YouVersion Bible app, you can find our Rice Church Denver event and see all the scripture that we're gonna be covering today. Take notes, save it right on your phone. Um, and this is gonna be important for these points, um, but before I dive in, I, I need to ask your permission, okay? Because we're gonna say stuff in today's message and in this whole series that you aren't gonna like sometimes, right? You, uh, you know, I'm, I'm gonna be teaching you the truth. We love you, we care about you, and we wanna pastor you well, so some of the things we say might hurt a little bit at first, right? but we're telling you the truth. So do we have your permission to tell you the truth? Okay, good. Okay, the rest of you just got suckered into that, okay? But we are, we're gonna, we love you and we wanna tell you the truth. So if you're getting ready for these five points, the first one is quite simple, but it sets the whole pace for everything else and it's to marry M, a follower of Jesus. M, marry a follower of Jesus. In 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 15, it says, do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? Did I get it? <laughs> or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? Yeah, so this passage of scripture is in Corinthians and Paul is giving instructions to followers of Jesus. Hey, this is what you should do. Don't be unequally yoked. And a yoke would have, oh yeah, there we go. A, a yoke would have been something that would have combined two animals, a, a wooden or, or metal uh, beam, and it would have connected those animals so they could pull a load, pull a cart behind them. And you don't want two different types of animals because if you have an oxen and a pig, it's not gonna go very far, right? 
And in fact, it's not gonna go straight. You want equal, you want the same height, you want the same strength pulling in the same direction. So this point, Mary, a follower of Jesus, to some of you, like, if you're not a follower of Jesus, this is extreme. Like, what? That seems crazy, but it's actually not. Because when you follow after Jesus, it's the whole trajectory of your life is going in one direction. It's what you do in the mornings. It's what you do on Sundays. It's what you do with your spare time, with your money. Okay, it changes how you parent, how you affect your relationships, how you have friends. Everything gets changed if you follow Jesus. So those most important things, you've gotta be connected so you're not pulling in different directions or, or even just someone holding you back because they're not moving in as fast as you are. Yeah, and you know, if the aim is to marry a follower of Jesus, then you definitely should be dating followers, followers of Jesus. So, And also, the point says a follower of Jesus, not a Christian, because people can say they're a Christian and not be following Jesus. In fact, that's like a thing. People will put it on their dating profile, and then you meet with them, and they're like, no, no evidence of actually following Jesus. So the point here is just to make sure you know who you're dating. If, if they're a person who actually has a relationship with Jesus or if they're just saying that, and it's important to have your own personal boundaries established and set up with a no-budge policy for this ahead of going in to any dating situation. So ladies, I don't care how good his credit score is if he doesn't give credit to the one who created him, okay? I don't care how good looking she is if she doesn't look to Jesus. And I don't care how yoked he is if you're unequally yoked. Yeah. <laughs> it's good, right? It is, yeah, it is. Um, so I, have, I had a friend growing up, and I ran into her one day after church back home, and I was just kind of catching up with her, and she was getting really serious with this guy she was dating. And so I just asked her, is he a believer? And she said, well, no. And I said, well, have you heard the verse that says, don't be unequally yoked? And she said, no, I haven't. And so I kind of told her what it meant and then immediately worried I had said too much because that's always what you do after. And she didn't really say anything. And then I ran into her a couple years later, and she came up to me, and she was like, thank you so much for what you said to me. I broke up with that guy, and now I'm engaged to this amazing Christian guy. And actually, she and her now husband got married two weeks before we did. <laughs> yeah, and they're still married, have two yeah. beautiful kids. Yeah, yeah. and I, I just was like, so I admired her so much for like blowing up her life to follow the Bible and what God is teaching us. And um, I think it's also important to just reiterate, like, that's hard, though. Like, yeah. it's hard to have to blow up your life to follow the Bible. It's much easier to just have those boundaries established ahead of time and, and not even enter into a relationship like that. And, and I know this is a tough word. Before I met Melissa, I was actually dating a girl in college, and we went to a talk at our uh, Christian campus group, and it was on dating and marriage. And I was going, I brought a girl for the first time, and it was at that I realized I was like, oh, she's not following Jesus. So I broke it up that night. So, like, I know that it's hard to do that, but sometimes you have to do those tough decisions. Um, because we, we and, and with the online dating thing, okay, set your profile to only accept committed Christians. Get this on the first date, talk about your faith. This is first date material. If it's important to you, it should be that important. 
And if you go the whole first date, they don't talk about it at all. They don't talk about Jesus, church, serving somewhere in the church. If they don't talk about it, it's like, okay, maybe it's a good time to end it before things get too serious. I'm serious. And, and so I think it's that important to do that. And, and maybe dudes, like, say, hey, let's pray before the meal. Because then you can get a little hand-holding action, too, while you're at it. Okay? It's a little bonus point for you. Okay? So have those conversations earlier. Because it will make your life easier in the long heart. It, like, life is hard. Marriage can be difficult. And it's even harder if you marry someone who has a different foundation than you do. So, so we're saying this because we love you and we care about you. And it will impact your life, your kids' life, your grandkids' lives. It's going to impact your legacy. And if you're here and you're already married to a non-Christian, pray for them. Pray for their salvation. Show them the love of Christ for sure. We've seen people who have married non-Christians and then they, their spouse comes to know Jesus and it's like this amazing answer to prayer and it's so, so awesome. But we've also seen the opposite too when people are married to a non-Christian and it can be really hard. And in our, our marriage the things that we have been through, man, we've been through some hard stuff. And I just can't imagine weathering that without a shared faith in Jesus. It's so important to be able to lean into that in your own marriage. Yeah, that's important. So that's our first point. Our M is to marry a follower of Jesus. But if that's like the destination that you wanna marry a follower of Jesus, what do you do during that time period of the dating? That's what you guys wanna know. And that leads us to our second point. Our A is to act like a brother or sister until marriage. Act like a brother or sister until marriage. 1 Timothy 5, 1b through 2 says, treat younger men as brothers and younger women as sisters with absolute purity. That's right, okay? This is an instruction to how we're supposed to treat each other as Christians in the church. You treat men um, like brothers and, and women like sisters. This means we're a family, we're God's family, and that means we need to treat each other like that as family until we're married. Yeah, and in order to get to know someone for real, it looks like being friends first. And Matt and I were friends first before our terrible first date. And I knew the quality of his character and I knew him. And that's why we didn't. That's why we had a second date. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's important to be friends first. Get to know the person. Find out the important stuff. Like, do they want to have kids? Are they the same faith as you? Do they have the same beliefs as you? Do you share the same political ideology it's crazy to me how many people just get engaged without even having those conversations. And you really have to, if you wanna have a lifelong relationship, you're, you have to build a foundation more on just physical attraction. And um, also, some good old-fashioned chivalry is really helpful in this scene. And that was another thing that Matt did really well. He was very chivalrous. That is one thing I did well. One thing. Okay, yeah, there we go. <laughs> Yeah, this has huge implications for our relationships. Think about it. Like, if this is a brother, if this is a sister, how do I treat them? Online, this means what you message them, how you message them, right? Don't just slide into their DMs, okay? Don't be asking for pictures or sending them, right? You understand what I'm saying? Okay, we need to treat people like brothers and sisters. This means men, that you should have some chivalry. Open the door for her. Open your car door. Ask what her boundaries are and stick to them. Find out what her curfew is and get her home at a reasonable hour. If she's still living at home, respect her parents' boundaries and their curfew. This is important. If she has a father or a guardian, ask them permission before asking for her hand in marriage. 
These are, are things, but they're respectful. This is even more important about the clarity issue, okay? She's making fun of me for, not, for telling her it was just a date the first time. But it's amazing that 69% of people right now don't know whether they're dating or just hanging out, okay? Okay, yeah, don't be like- I knew it was yeah. a date. What's that? At least I knew it was a date. Yes, <laughs> I was clear about that. Like, we need to have some clarity. Like, it is rude, deceitful uh, chicken, okay? If you don't tell the person this is a date or we're exclusive or we're not exclusive, like, just be honest where you are in the relationship. Be clear and upfront. Yeah, and a lot of people nowadays date more than one person at a time because it's so easy to do that online, which I think is insane. <laughs> and you shouldn't do it because... You're always thinking grass is always greener and you're comparing people and you can't get to know any one person at a time. And in order to have a real relationship with someone, you gotta get to know them for real. And that's why The Bachelor doesn't work. Yeah. Okay, so men, okay, think through this. Like, how do you want your sister to be treated on a date? Treat her that way. Even better, think about your daughter or your future daughter. How do you want her to be treated on a date? Treat your date that way. Yeah, and women in the same way, don't tease guys. Don't lead them on. If you know that a guy is interested in you and you're not interested back, don't just hang around for the ego boost that it gives you. That's just cruel. And also, don't use them for a free meal either. <laughs> it's true. Did I get an amen for that one? Okay. So if we go back to our verse in 1 Timothy 5, it says, treat younger men as brothers and younger women as sisters with absolute purity. That word absolute in the Greek is the word all, with all purity, meaning not like 75% purity, even 95% purity. This is 100% all purity, which includes, you guessed it, sexual purity. And that leads us to our third point, our T, true love waits. You guys knew this one was coming. True love waits. Okay, Song of Solomon 8.4 says, Daughters of Jerusalem, I charge you, do not arouse or awaken love until it so desires. This verse comes in Song of Solomon, which is this epic love poem. It is this beautiful poetry all about the romance of what a relationship looks like in the Bible. And they're saying daughters of Jerusalem, but it could easily imply to the sons of Jerusalem, all of God's people, like wait until marriage. Wait and do not arouse or awaken love until it so desires. There's a time for it, but you need to wait and this is really important. Um, and it's not just in the Song of Solomon. It's all throughout the Old Testament law. It's in the words of Jesus and throughout the New Testament. Jesus said to, to like avoid sexual immorality. Okay, that word sexual immorality in the Greek that occurs all throughout the New Testament is the Greek word porneia. And of course, we derive the English word porn from it. But in Greek, it means all sex outside of the covenant commitment of one man and one woman. It's all sin outside of that. This is the consistent biblical teaching throughout the whole thing. Because God loves us and cares about us, he says anything outside of that is sin. He wants what's best for us, guys. And get this, modern research backs up everything the Bible says. It is better for you, for your relationships, and for your lifelong marriage if you wait till marriage. Okay, We're not just saying this because we're old-fashioned. New-fashioned, okay? Research is saying this. Research is finding that the fewer sexual partners you have before a marriage actually increases the chance of you enjoying a high-quality, stable marriage for a lifetime. It also drastically decreases your chances of getting a divorce. Okay, you, you often hear the statistic that about 50% of marriages in our country end in divorce. Okay, we can debate whether the, the exacts or specifics of it. It's about true, especially if you have more sexual partners before you get married. But if you and your spouse wait till marriage to get married, right, or to, to have sex. You guys tracking with me? If you wait, you actually have a 4% chance of divorce. 
4%. If you want to affair-proof your marriage, wait. Yeah, I had a professor in college who stood up in front of the class and gave all these statistics about cohabitation and divorce. And then right after that, she was like, but I'm happily cohabitating with my partner right now. And I was just like, why? But like, why are you taking the chance with that? Set yourself up for success. Set your life up for success. And don't take a gamble on being on the right side of the statistics. We're going to follow what the Bible says and the research. That's right. And think about this. Our grandparents or our great-grandparents, they waited till marriage. And they were married for like 65 years. Nowadays, people don't wait. And they're married for like 6.5 years on average. Okay, think about the difference. Maybe our grandparents were onto something. Okay, maybe the old-fashioned way. Sometimes the old ways are the best way. Uh, often, nowadays, people will say, well, I need to take it for a test drive. Heard this before? Hey, here's the thing, guys. That's the easiest part of marriage, okay? It's the easiest part. You will figure it out. You have a, a long time to figure out how to do that. There's a lot of other things you need to figure out before you make that physical commitment. Yeah, and I just want to speak to the women right now. The idea that you have to sleep with a man in order to keep him around is a lie straight from the enemy. There isn't a single reason why you should have to compromise your morals, your religious beliefs, your physical boundaries to keep a relationship. And it doesn't even matter what you've done in the past or where you are right now. Jesus has grace for all of that. Yeah. Covers over Amen. anything that you've done. And you're a daughter of the king and you deserve to be treated like one. Amen. Yeah, that's important. So if, if a guy or a girl is pressuring you to do something that you don't want to when you're dating, don't marry them because then they'll pressure you to do stuff later, okay? If someone doesn't have self-control in the dating phase, they're probably not gonna have self-control later. And it's important to do this. So don't, as the verse says, don't arouse or awaken love until it's time. True love waits. Yeah, and there's an important point in here for parents too. This is really an important conversation to have with our kids because if we wait until they're older, in high school or when they already have their worldview established, they, would already, they already will have so many influential voices speaking into them about this. So it's so important to talk about this early and often. And even if you didn't wait as a parent, you still have to talk about it with them anyway. You're never a hypocrite to talk about what the Bible teaches. Just approach the subject with humility, admit your mistake, and implore them to choose a better way. I guarantee you they're gonna thank you for it. They'll have healthier relationships, more stability in their life, and overall, they're just gonna be happier. That, that's right. My mom always, when we were watching a TV or a movie as a kid, she would like pause it whenever there was like a couple that were unmarried and they were like in a bedroom or something. And she would be like, we don't do that. Maybe everybody else does that, but we as followers of Jesus, we don't do that. And I was so annoyed as a kid. Like every time, like, are you kidding me, mom? And mom, I love you. Thanks for, for watching. Um, but I'm like so grateful now that she instilled that truth into me when I was young. Yeah, my parents did that same exact thing. And also, if you're a single parent in here and you're dating, man, you gotta be so careful because you your kids are like watching you as you're going through those steps. And you just need... Man, set a good example for those little eyes watching you. That's right. And, and I do just want to say this. If you're here and you're not waiting, okay, may, maybe right now you're in a relationship and you're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Okay, this is what I would say to you. Stop, okay? Repent. Like, there's grace and forgiveness for you today. And to repent means to stop doing something, to receive forgiveness, 100% forgiveness, and to move forward into a better way. 
So I'm saying this because we love you. Uh, and I would just say this, if you're in that relationship and you're saying, well, I'm not sure I want to marry this person or I don't wanna marry this person, break up with them. Like immediately, today. If you're like, but I do love them, I do wanna marry them, then get married, okay? There's a solution to this, right? There, there's, don't get married just to have sex, okay? That's a, that's a bad decision. But if you know you wanna get married, get married to them. I'm an officiant, come talk to me afterwards, right? I'm serious, like we can get this show on the road, like let's do this thing, okay? There's a way to, to, to do this right with God. Um, so just get married and don't wait three and a half years for your venue to open up, just get married, okay? Yeah, and it also doesn't say in there, wait until an engagement. Yes, that's a good point. Like... Yeah, wait until marriage. So that's our third point. Our fourth one is to see, choose wise counsel. Proverbs fifteen twenty two says, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. And this proverb is a general proverb. It applies to all sorts of different things in our life because we make dumb decisions, boneheaded ideas that we have. And if we have wise counsel speaking into our lives, we can make much better decisions in our life. And I think it especially applies to marriage because what happens when you fall in love? Can you stop thinking clearly? Okay, seriously, Proverbs 5 says that love is intoxicating. It's like you're drunk. Okay, you stop thinking clearly, you make poor decisions. It's like you got beer goggles on and you, can't see, you can only see the good things about the person and not the bad things. This actually happens, okay? Modern research is finding that when you are in love, it actually um, inhibits the uptake of three neurotransmitters, dopamine, norepinephrine, and serotonin. And they just stay in your brain, meaning you're happier all the time, like everything is better. Oh my gosh, things are so great right now. It is very similar to the physiological response you have when you're on cocaine, Okay, love is a drug, okay? And, and you're not gonna make as good of decisions and people actually become addicted to love, don't they? Yeah, so choose some wise counsel. It could be a parent, an older sibling, a friend at church. Just look at their life first and see if it's a life that you would want for your own before you decide if their advice is advice you wanna take. Um, I dated a guy in college and he met my family and they really didn't like him and they told me so and I'm really glad because I couldn't see the same things that they could see and it's really good because I wouldn't have been happy. I'm really glad too. <laughs> yeah, so ask someone who's a follower of Jesus as well. Okay, there might be someone in your community group, or maybe a mentor here in the church, someone you look up to, come talk to me, I'll tell you. Okay, Melissa will definitely tell you. Okay, hang around some other friends. Sometimes it's good so that they can get some interaction with that person as well. And if they're saying things like, oh, I don't know about him or she's really controlling, like listen to them, listen to them. Yeah, and be careful taking advice from non-Christians because a lot of the things that non-Christians think are kind of the opposite of what we're saying here. So take their advice, their opinions with a grain of salt for sure. Yeah, when, when I was dating Melissa, like everybody, all my Christian friends were like, go for it, she's amazing. And then at work, I was waiting tables at the time, all my non-Christian coworkers were like, what are you doing, you're crazy, why would you get married? Like, it was because I was 21, they thought I was crazy, and maybe I was, but I didn't wanna listen to them, I wanted to listen to the godly advice. So choose, choose wise counsel. And that leads us to our next point, the H, you guys ready for this? Here's our fifth and final point, is to hold on to Jesus. Hold on to Jesus throughout this whole dating scene. 1 Corinthians 7, 8, and 9 says, Now to the unmarried and the widows, I say, it is good for them to stay unmarried as I do. But if they cannot control themselves, they should marry, for it is better to marry than to burn with passion. 
So we picked this verse because Paul is giving teaching to both married people and single people. And he's saying, hey, it's good to be single. It's also good to be married. Meaning you don't have to marry someone to have your life fulfilled and have meaning, okay? This is a big lie that's out there, even among a lot of Christians. You can be single and have a very good life. So whether you're single or you're married, hold on to Jesus throughout it all because he gets tough. Relationships are difficult whether you're dating or married. So hold on to Jesus throughout it all. It is the most important thing. Yeah, and Jesus ultimately is the one who fulfills us the most. So if you're in your season of singleness and you're kind of lonely and it's hard, hold on to Jesus. He's there with you in it. And if you're dating, man, hold on to Jesus and pray for wisdom and discernment. Pray for every single relationship that you get into, that he'll guide you. And if you're married, whether to the right person or not, you need to hold on to Jesus because he's going to help you through it. And that's a whole nother sermon for next week. Yeah, come back for marriage next week. So hold on to Jesus. This is so important because Jesus was the one and only perfect human being. Okay, We have all fallen short in sin, in lust, in sexual sin. We've all fallen short of the standard God has for us. Jesus didn't. He was perfect. He never did anything wrong. He treated every person he met with dignity and respect. In fact, there's this incredible scene in in John chapter four where Jesus encounters this woman at the well. And this woman, Jesus begins talking with her and he asks her her about her husband. She's like, what do you mean? I'm not married. I've been married five times, he says. And now the man you're living with currently isn't your husband. So this woman had a string of broken relationships in her past, right? Even currently, she was in an unhealthy relationship living with this man. And what Jesus said to her, he didn't cast shame on her. He didn't condemn her. He loved her. He accepted her. And he offered her living water. She's like, what's living water? And I think he offered her that living water. Because what she was going after to quench her thirst was something that could never satisfy her. Relationships, sex, Marriage even cannot satisfy your soul, but what Jesus has can. And that's what, why Jesus said that. I have living water from, for you. It, it's always available to you. And, and, and Jesus loved her and accepted her, and she became a follower of his. And I love that Jesus did that because he shows us that even if we have fallen short, even if we have sinned, he still loves us, accepts us, wants us, and offers us a better future in his grace. Because Jesus lived 33 years as a single man, never having married, and then he died on the cross for you. That single man shed his blood for all of us, though we sin, though we fall short, and he offers grace and forgiveness and mercy and a better life moving ahead. Isn't that amazing? And I think some of you need to hear that today. You might feel convicted today. And if it's a conviction, it might be from the Holy Spirit. But if you're feeling condemned, that's from the enemy because Jesus loves you right now. He says, I love you. I want you. You're mine. And let's start out with a better life today. So what I want everybody to do is to close their eyes. And you don't have to reach up your hand right now, but I want to say a prayer, a special prayer for those of you who are feeling convicted because of your past or even your present. Lord God, I pray for each man, woman, teenager in here who's saying, I've already messed up and that they would know that they haven't messed up too much. You love them. You love that woman at the well. You love the woman caught in the middle of adultery. And you call us to follow you because you have chosen us. You have redeemed us. And Lord God, we accept your grace today. Lord God, with open arms, with open hands, we receive your grace and mercy. 
We know that we are forgiven because Jesus died on the cross, shedding his blood so that we could be forgiven. And we receive that grace today. Lord God, I pray a blessing on those right now who are in the dating phase or preparing for it, that you would give them wisdom, that you'd give them courage and faith to trust you even when they're lonely and it's hard. I pray that all those who, who stumble, that you give them the strength to stand up and keep moving forward, holding on to you the whole time because Lord God, we all want to find a better match and prepare us for the relationships we will have in the future. Now with eyes still closed, if you're here and you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ, but you realize you need his grace, you need his mercy. Maybe today you're realizing, wow, I want a savior who would forgive me for even my sexual sin. And if that's you today, all you need to do is to say a simple prayer to receive Jesus as your Lord and savior. So what I'm gonna offer you today is a simple prayer that you can repeat after me. So if you're already a follower of Jesus, say this prayer out loud to give courage to somebody around you who needs to pray this for the first time. So please repeat after me, dear God, I'm a sinner, I need a savior, save me, forgive me. In faith I declare, Jesus is Lord. Fill me with your spirit, give me your grace. Help me to follow you and hold on to you for the rest of my life. And with eyes closed, if you said that prayer for the first time and meant it, if Jesus for the first time is your Lord and Savior, we wanna celebrate with you. So would you put your hand in the air on the count of three and hold it up so we can give you one of the books that we created to help you in your journey following Jesus. Put your hand in the air if you made that decision today. Lord God, I pray that you'd help every single one of us. It is hard to stay faithful to you in our modern times with online dating, with all this stuff. But Lord God, help us stay faithful and true following you in everything and let us walk into that better life that you have called us to. And I pray all this in the name of your son, Jesus, the perfect man, amen.